like scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Welcome to the Jumping Scared Podcast. My name's Alex, and I'm joined here today by my twin brother, Eric. We've bonded over horror movies throughout our lives, and we're here today to share that love with all of you. Welcome, Eric. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing just great. Really excited for this podcast. Uh, I always like doing previews just to, A, familiarize myself with what's coming up this year, and also give give other people a chance to get excited as well. Yeah, and with the whole year of horror ahead of us, there's a lot of a lot of stuff I had heard of before, you know, kind of looking at this podcast, and a lot of stuff I hadn't heard of. So I saw some new things that I'm excited about, and I think this will be fun to go over today. And before we before we jump right into the 2019 preview, I just kind of want to talk about talk about the age of horror that we're currently in, because over the past three years, horror fans have been spoiled by an abundance of content be it through fresh new ideas, well-done remakes, or even through an off-ignored source of media in horrific television series. In directorial debuts, we saw magic with Get Out and A Quiet Place with Jordan Poole and John Krasinski. We've seen slow-burn masterpieces like Hereditary and The Witch. We've seen incredible foreign movies like Train de Busan from South Korea and Raw from France. Hell, we've even seen Netflix join the game in original content, not only through movies like Gerald's Game and Cam, but through series like Stranger Things and A Haunting on Hill House. And the shark movies, Alex, the shark movies. (laughs) The shark movies, he says. (laughs) 47 meters down. The Shallows. The Meg. Open Water 3. Okay, that last one's not... Not so good, but yeah. But for horror fans, you can just know. Rest, rest assured, shark movies are a beloved feature by this podcast, mainly because of Eric. <laughs> yes, they are here to stay, my friends, here to stay. But seriously, there is something spectacular out there for every subset of the horror genre. The mix of quality and quantity that we're currently seeing is kind of hard to believe, especially as someone like myself and you who became fans of the genre in our teen years during the late 2000s, which I think is kind of widely considered a dry time for the genre. Absolutely. Uh, And I may may get crucified by 80s fans, but is this not the best time to be a horror fan? And if it isn't, we need to up the production rate on a time machine so I can go there and enjoy myself even more than I currently am. Well, the thing is, too, in this day and age, with with streaming, with, with finding media everywhere, you can see all these old movies... Sorry, I see all these old movies so much easier than you ever could before. You don't have to slog to different rental stores to find the one copy of the movie you're trying to see. You can have something in seconds. <laughs> and so even if uh, you know we're in a, a new new golden age of horror where we're getting incredible new material, but also have all this access to everything that's been created before. So just really, it's it's perfect if you're a fan of horror. And I think uh, even the proliferation of film festivals just creates this word of mouth hype for a lot of kind of lower budget horror movies. And you just get super excited about things without needing a bunch of advertisements on TV, Mm -hmm. uh, posters everywhere. You just get this word of mouth hype from a few people who've seen it. And finally, when it comes out to you, kind of the whole the whole world's buzzing about it. Yeah, and you're getting these new, these directors who are more willing to take these risks. Like, you know, I think 10 years ago, a, a big director wouldn't have wanted to foray into the horror genre. They would see it as, you know, almost low class, like it's it's beneath them. But now you have, you know, like you were saying, John Krasinski and Jordan Peele with their debut movies is coming out into this horror genre because it's such a, you know, there's so much 
it's essentially ripe for for plucking there's so much still there you can do and it's it's been done so well and you can really find yourself making a great movie and having great reception from it that's actually a great point a lot of people used to consider and i still think to an extent consider horror very kitschy they think of it like as the jump scares as the silly ghosts but uh there's a lot lot more to offer and you're seeing that with the type of quality content we've received over the past several years here yep very much so all right, so that being said, we're going to jump in, and what we're going to bring to you guys today is a horror movie preview for 2019. So I went uh, went ahead and compiled a list of, you know, not every single horror movie that's going to come out in 2019, but we tried to hit a lot of the big ones and a lot of the ones that sounded the best to us. And we're just going to run down through that in chronological order of when they're coming out. So there's a couple that's already come out in January and early February. We're going to focus on one starting after that. And just, you know, talk about talk about more about the ones we're really excited about. Just kind of hit briefly the ones that, you know, are big releases, but we're maybe not so into. But, yeah, we're just going to go through that. Sound good, Derek? Sounds great to me, sir. Perfect. Do you want to lead us off then? Let's go. We are starting off with a movie that is coming out this week, Friday the 14th. And it is a sequel to a movie that got mixed reviews uh some loved it some not so much but that movie is happy death day to you uh the director here is christopher landon uh obviously he worked on happy death day the original and he has served a big role in the paranormal activity franchise uh writing for two three and four and also directing for the marked ones uh, so basically the idea here might sound a little silly. Uh, the basic plot summary is that two years after the events of the first film, Tree Gelbman, who is the main character, re-enters the time loop to determine why she was entered into it in the first place. She must also face a revenge-seeking Lori, who has been resurrected by the power of the time loop. So does that sound silly? Yes. Yep. <laughs> do I do I want to see that in theaters? Probably. <laughs> I, I would mean, say maybe for me. For sure, this isn't a definite theater for me, but I think it would be fun because I had a lot of fun with the first one. They, they threw a lot of comedic elements into it, and it was a, definitely a fun experience. So I don't know if I need to see it in theaters. I think I would have a good time, but so I would probably be deciding. Well, you know, actually, being where I'm at now, I probably won't see it in theaters, but I would enjoy it if I did, I think. I think what they have to do is be careful um, and not – so basically, I think the the reason people had a problem with the first movie is that they thought it was just too silly and too goofy. Uh, I think they've got to, with this sequel, be a little careful about not just re- making a remake that feels like the same movie. Um, they've got to do something different. They've got to have some different elements involved. They've got to be, they've just got to kind of try to change the landscape in which they built the first film or else I feel like it's probably going to flop. Yeah, I could see that. Be a little, a little more creative, a little more original without just trying to rehash the exact same thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving forward. So yeah, that's one that we're both interested in for sure. Maybe not our most anticipated of the year, but interested for sure. Uh, moving forward, we've got The Hole in the Ground, which comes out March 1st. This is one that premiered at Sundance, and it's a directorial debut by director Lee Cronin out of Ireland. Uh, this one <clears throat> really interested me. I heard some good things coming out of Sundance. Uh, it sounded very interesting. Uh, brief synopsis here. 
Trying to escape her broken past, Sarah O'Neill is building a new life on the fringes of a backwood rural town with her young son, Chris. A terrifying encounter with a mysterious neighbor shatters her fragile security, throwing Sarah into a spiraling nightmare of paranoia and mistrust as she tries to uncover if the disturbing changes in her little boy are connected to an ominous sinkhole buried deep in the forest that borders their home. So, yeah, um, from what I've heard about this movie, it's a really compelling tale about the relationship and the as the description says the fractured relationship between this uh, mother and her son and it's a really interesting movie and they they do a pretty good job of building suspense and kind of this real fear with this relationship so very interested in it yeah i've uh i've got no familiarity with anybody involved in this film and i think the only irish horror movie i've seen was a sort of low budget vampire movie which i wish i could remember the name of but of course i won't be able to do it on the air um but (laughs) yeah i've seen any irish movies to be uh horror movies to be honest so yeah this sounds interesting i like the idea of sinkholes because it's kind of that technically could happen to you i mean it's like the old child quicksand nightmare Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i'm interested i would definitely check this one out yeah yeah, and this one I think is getting a pretty limited theatrical release, but I'm expecting it to be available on some streaming services not in the not-so-distant future, is, is my understanding of it. So okay, should be available cool. to watch. Very cool. All right, the next one uh, probably is my most anticipated movie of the year. Uh, it's coming out March 15th, and that is Us by Jordan Poole. Peel. Uh, Jeez, Jordan Poole is a player for Michigan basketball. Yeah. I apologize. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's Key and Poole, the famous yeah, comedic duo. <laughs> Don't drop the key in the pool. Okay, uh, this is Us by director Jordan Peele. He uh, famously debuted in 2016 with the very well-received Get Out. Uh, this movie, if you haven't seen a trailer or a poster for it, it uh, looks fantastic. It stars Anna Diop and Elizabeth Moss. And the basic idea is that a mother and father take their kids to their beach house, expecting to enjoy time with friends. But their serenity turns to tension and chaos when some visitors arrive uninvited. Um, so I won't spoil it in case you're the kind of person who likes to avoid trailers before seeing a movie. That's, that's me. I'm, I'm off trailers again. So, But uh, this <laughs> seems like a very, very psychologically terrifying situation, even more so than uh, Get Out. Um, it definitely makes you question your own reality and your own mortality. So this, uh, I mean, until Jordan Peele gives me a reason to, I'm going to trust that he's... He's just going to do a great job. So, Yeah, and uh, I've heard people make comparisons. What they expect it to be like is a little bit like Funny Games, the very weird uh, home invasion movie that I forget the country where it came out of, but very weird and unsettling movie that people are kind of making some connections to. Hmm. Yeah, that, based on the trailer I've seen, I could I could see that, but also there needs to be a, another movie in there. Like, it's part funny games and part something, but I don't want to say the other part just because I feel like that might might give too much away. Okay, understood. Understood. I was going to say understandable, but I <laughs> I was struggling there with language a little bit. It's okay. Words words are hard sometimes. I said words Jordan Words are Poole. hard sometimes, yeah. Okay. Uh, is that all you kind of want to talk about with us? I would, yeah. Well, it has a really, really good poster. I love the poster. The poster. That's going to be – so I uh, – just for our viewers' uh, knowledge – 
I collect horror movie posters. I've only got uh, six or seven so far, and I try to keep them to ones that not necessarily are my favorite movies, but just look really good as posters. And just off the basis of seeing that poster, I know I'm going to buy it once it comes out. It's a good poster. Okay. Moving right forward, on April 4th, we have Pet Cemetery, which is a remake from the original movie of 19, well, the movie from 1989, which is based off a Stephen King novel. And this is coming from a pair of directors who are working together, Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmire. And they've previously worked together on Scream, the TV series, and a smaller uh, movie that I haven't seen, but called Starry Eyes. And... Yeah, a lot of people will be at least quasi familiar with Pet Cemetery, you know, Stephen King, original movie. So this is a pretty well-known story, but just a basis. Uh, Lewis Creed, his wife Rachel, and their two children, Gage and Ellie, move to a rural home where they are welcomed and enlightened about the eerie Pet Cemetery located near their home. After the tragedy of their cat being killed by a truck, Lewis resorts to burying it in the mysterious Pet Cemetery, which is definitely not as it seems, as it proves to the Creeds that sometimes dead is better. So, this is one I'm a little bummed about. I'm uh, pretty interested in seeing it because I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I'm gonna pretty much see any Stephen King adaptation. Uh, I haven't. I was avoiding the trailers on purpose for this movie, and browsing Reddit the other day, uh, the second trailer just came out last week, and I got spoiled by something pretty huge in the plot that is a change from the book and the first movie just from the title of the thread and so i'm kind of uh, annoyed by that and it would have been a big surprise so i'd recommend people don't watch the second trailer because there is apparently something that's given away that is a big change and i would recommend avoiding that and this is starring jason clark as lewis creed and john lithgow as the neighbor i want to say his name is judd been a while since i read the book but yeah so this is a you know stephen king adaptation i think it's gonna be for sure fun and i'm looking forward to it okay i've got two questions for you uh first one am i crazy or is john lithgow uh trinity from dexter yes, okay correct. i'm glad i'm so so bad at knowing who did what and i'm glad i could at least piece that one together he, he's also um goldilocks's father from fairy tale theater Oh, wow. Okay. That's going to have to be something I rewatch. What? Okay, dude. If you guys don't know, fairy tale theater are live action adaptations of uh, classic fairy tales, and uh, they are hilarious. They are super they're, well done. We, and... we watched them so much when we were younger, but they're like, I don't think they're necessarily geared towards a young audience. They were weird. They were weird. Um, I don't know who the audience was. I mean, Shelley Duvall narrates, uh, which could lend credence towards children but also she was in the shining so who who really yeah knows? but then you have like the three little pigs you have all these adults dressed in pig costumes and you have fred willard as one of the pigs and they're like he's like getting real sexually flirtatious with a female pig i don't know it's weird <laughs> it was okay. weird that was a that was a great diversion. I, very <laughs> fairy tale theater is great. You should check out some of those movies. Uh, but second question about Pet Cemetery is uh, this is kind of a general. We're seeing Stephen King get oh, super fleshed yeah. out uh, in the past couple of years here. Um, as a huge Stephen King fan, especially as a big book reader, is there anything that has not been adapted? adapted or anything that was previously adapted that you hope to see redone or made in the coming future that's a great question and absolutely um 
One thing that they're, they are redoing that I'm excited about is The Stand. They're doing another miniseries for The Stand, which they're doing on CBS All Access. So I'm not super excited that CBS is doing it, but apparently this new CBS All Access is a bit more... They can do a bit more adult. They can make it a bit more non-network. So hopefully they do a good job with that. The Stand is one of my favorite books, and I think it'll make a really compelling miniseries. Um, what else? I think there's a lot of his short stories that could be ad adapted really well, especially in, in short format on like Netflix. Like I think you saw Netflix uh, is 1922. Mm -hmm. It was adapted from a short Stephen King. Like there's a lot of a lot of really good shorts that could be adapted like that, and I think that would be a lot of fun. So, and, and we are in a resurgence of Stephen King. He is becoming so much more popular the last few years. You know, it in 2017. Uh, this year we have Pet Cemetery. We have a couple more we're going to get to. Um, oh, it, it 2000, you know, it chapter two. We'll have uh, Doctor Sleep. He had Gerald's Game, 1922. All these movies coming back out. And uh, there was a TV series called. Uh, oh no, <laughs> I'm blanking. Uh, the TV series called. Castle Rock, uh, with Bill Skarsgård too, uh, just last year. Yeah, we are in an era of King, and I love it as a King fan. And it's, I mean, he he, he writes horror really, really well. The I think the one, the one thing with King sometimes when you adapt his stuff to the big screen, some a lot of his horror is a lot more horrific and a lot more interesting to a reader. You know, you have a lot up to your imagination, you have up to your interpretation, but when you have to translate to a big screen, you have to really really sell it completely like visually and it's it's tough so sometimes it's it's tough to adapt his stuff well and we've seen some flops for sure some flops but a lot of gems and i think it's uh i think it's definitely worthy to get excited by a new adaptation by oh i agree for his sure. works all righty uh next movie we've got coming on april 15th is the curse of la llorona this is a uh, movie by Michael Chavez, who directed The Maiden and The Conjuring 3. Which uh, hasn't come out yet. <laughs> it's yes. an unnamed Conjuring film, but he's working. So he's, he's worked in the Conjuring universe. Okay. Much. And uh, so that'll be interesting to see because I enjoyed both the first two Conjurings. Um, that whole universe is getting expanded rapidly. and But for the most part to the worst <laughs> uh we've seen a lot several annabelle films the first being pretty poor the second one being okay the I nun the which was actually you... really good i really liked the second one annabelle okay. creation i thought was really good and then you just recently watched the nun as well correct yes and i thought the nun i thought the nun was either the weakest of the franchise or, or right about with the first annabelle because i didn't really i didn't dislike either movie but they definitely weren't up to the same standard because me and you both really like conjuring and conjuring too so definitely yeah. I step below that in terms of quality. And it's sad to see that happen because it's seemingly like a money grab. And especially from a franchise that uh, a, the general public liked and b a lot of the horror genre specifically liked in the first two films. Uh, mm -hmm. It's kind of, kind of disappointing to see them flesh out those characters just to kind of grip onto that conjuring name and see what bit. they can do. But yeah. All right. So but going back to the curse of La Llorona, the concept is, Ignoring the eerie warning of a troubled mother suspected of child endangerment, a social worker and her small kids are soon drawn into a frightening and supernatural realm. Which, um, this is starring Linda Cardellini of Freaks and Geeks of... Quite a bit of stuff. Quite a bit of stuff. She's yeah. wonderful. I'm excited to see her in a horror film. I don't believe yeah, she's been in one before. If she has, I have not seen it. Um... Mm -hmm. 
I mean, the summary of this movie is kind of vague, which I appreciate. I like not necessarily knowing what's going to happen until boom, you're in the in the pivotal moments. So I'll check it out. I like Linda and I like horror movies. So, yeah, this is one I'm pretty interested as well. And for our American viewers, uh, this is being advertised in the States as the curse of the weeping woman, as that's what La Llorona refers to in Spanish. So, Okay. Moving forward, this is one I'm really intrigued by, and one that's one that's probably getting one of the biggest hypes uh, for the a summer release for a horror is May 24th's *Brightburn*. This is coming from da- a director David Yarevsky, who doesn't have a ex- super extensive directing background. Um, he was involved in directing *The Hive*, and he was also worked on the Belco experiment in some capacity as a crew member. So uh, this is going to be starring Elizabeth Banks and David Denman. And the brief synopsis here is. What if a child from another world crash-landed on Earth, but instead of becoming a hero to mankind, he proved to be something far more sinister? So as myself, I'm a big fan of uh, DC Comics, and so I'm, you know, a lot of these uh, superhero origin stories are something I'm well-versed in and well-familiar with. So this is a very cool concept to me. I think it could be done really well if you have this really powerful, evil force, essentially Superman crash-landing on the you know, in, into Kansas, but instead of being raised by farmers and becoming good, he's maybe, maybe he's already bad, maybe he's raised badly, who knows, and it just, as a detriment to mankind, I think that's a really cool concept. So is this, uh, do you know if this is looking to be, like, labeled uh, strict horror, or is this supposed to be thriller? Was I think it's going to be, be, I think it's going to be maybe a little more, like, action thriller, but it definitely had horror as one of the taglines on, like, IMDb, and I think Rotten Tomatoes, so... Um, some elements of horror. I'm not sure where on the spectrum exactly it's going to fall. This is another person in Elizabeth Banks who's diving into at least parts of the genre where we haven't really seen her before, but I enjoy her as an actress. So yeah, I think she's I would got definitely... range. She, she's got really good comedic range for sure. I, I can't even for sure say I've seen her in many serious roles, but I like her in most of her comedic roles. So yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I would definitely check this movie out. I love the title. Brightburn is just... Uh, there's it's titling a movie is always interesting and I like succinct titles that sound unique and Brightburn definitely takes that for me. I agree. Alrighty. Uh June twenty first is our next movie, and that is a uh this is a franchise that is on its double digit movie, I'd reckon. Um I and think this it's is just under It's very close. This close. is a, a remake of Child's Play, directed by Lars Klevberg, who did Polaroid and The Wall. This is, uh, we're just on the, everybody wants to get into horror because we've got uh, Aubrey Plaza starring as the main mother, Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Tyree Henry and Gabriel Bateman. And the premise is a mother gives her son a toy doll for his birthday, unaware of its more sinister nature. You could have guessed that based on the name of the movie. And... Um, I mean, I think we just had last year a Curse of Chucky, and but that's a continuation of the existing series. This is a complete reboot. This is pretending nothing else has ever happened in in the Chucky universe. I get it, but I don't think we need it. <laughs> is that what you're going for? Well, you I'm, get it. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying I don't necessarily think that's even important to note because I don't think plot wise or thematically the sequels changed a whole lot. I mean, the basic idea is you have a serial killer trapped in a toy 
and he just wreaks havoc. I don't think you necessarily need that distinction that, oh, yeah, this isn't going to worry about the sequels when... Well, yeah, but you're you're ignoring, like, Jennifer Tilly. You're ignoring... <laughs> you're ignoring a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, and uh, what's what's her... Uh, Catherine Heigl? <laughs> she isn't the bride oh, of Chucky, I believe. Uh, yeah, bad movie. But, uh, yeah, but later in the... the la- I think the last one either... I think it's Cult of Chucky. Chucky starts, re- like, re- possessing other dolls. And so they have, like, a group of them. Mm. I don't know. It gets weird. <laughs> it sounds like a ripoff I- of the... Um, the Goosebumps. What, what's the title? Oh, uh, Night of the, the Living Dummy. I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen that in a while. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Think... Would you pay pay respects to your origins, Alex? Uh, that is probably kind of what got us into horror because we were never like really into horror movies like as kids. Like some kids like just like horror movies their entire lives. We didn't really start getting into it until high school, almost like late high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Goosebumps we loved as kids. Michigan Chillers. Uh, for people from Michigan, <laughs> the essentially goosebumps, but taking place in Michigan. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Neither of us. Um, I think we should try to start start saying for ones that we really want to see in theaters. We could try to give recommendations based off that. Child's Play. I will say, not going to see in theaters. Uh, no, definitely not. This will this will be one I maybe skip overall. Yeah. Well, I, you I, know. I would. I would maybe. I think I'd probably watch it just for Aubrey Plaza, just to see how that goes. But uh, other than that, yeah. All right, and I think you're gonna actually have to double down and take the next one here. I don't think uh, I should handle it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, the reason he says this is because it is 47 meters down, uncaged, coming out on June 28th. For those unfamiliar, 47 Meters Down was a film two years ago starring Mandy Moore in which she went cage diving. Unfortunately, that cage snapped off the boat and plummeted to the bottom of the ocean. Of course, uh, sharks got involved, as they tend to do when you're cage diving. And it was, um, I won't say much more before I get into the meat of this film. So, director is Johannes Roberts, who did 47 Meters Down, The Strangers Pray at Night, and Storage 24. This movie is starring Sophie Nelise and Nia Long. And the basic idea is that five backpackers diving in a ruined underwater city quickly learn that they are not alone in the submerged caves. So, why I think... Just before I get into... I'm not going to be a, a goof about sharks, but... Why I think this could be a movie that universally people could like. I don't know if you've ever seen videos or pictures of underwater cave networks, but those are terrifying in their own right. Just oh, yeah. the idea of getting lost and trapped deep within the sea under these cave networks is absolutely horrifying. And so adding a menacing premise into that and creating a life-threatening a situation in a situation or in a place where you're already kind of uneasy is got the pr- ideas and the uh, backbone to be a pretty darn good film. Yeah, did you see some of the video of the how narrow the passages were that the rescuers were trying to get those kids who were caught, like the soccer team? I forget what country it was from. Yeah, it was ter- like you're, you're essentially your back and your stomach, and you're going straight through. You're scraping a rock the entire time because it's. It's it's barely wide enough for a human to even fit, and they're just squeezing through. That's terrifying. Yeah, I, bl- I believe it was Thailand. Uh, yeah, yeah, it true. was. Yeah, there's so many videos just of absolute terror, and you see, there's even some like uh, 
some divers have gone down and planted signs saying, do not enter cave, you may die, <laughs> just because mm-hmm. of how risky navigating those caves are. Yeah. So uh, this one would be a movie that if uh, you got, if you dragged me to, I would go to, but I probably wouldn't go on my own to theaters. See, and I, I, I did go alone <laughs> to go see the original 47 meters down. And if it happens, I, I'm sure I can get some people to go with me, but I will be seeing this one in theaters. You, you did get people to go to the Meg with you, so. I did. That one, well, that one's got a little bit of a silliness factor yeah. by itself but, because it had yeah Jason i think this Statham. one this one won't be as much of a blockbuster whereas the meg was definitely marketed as a as a pretty big movie and it turned out to be it had, ended up being a pretty well-selling film yeah oh for sure okay so moving forward july 3rd we have a so far untitled animal film so the third series third film in that series um this is going to be director gary dauberman who was a writer on It Chapter 2, It, The Nun, Annabelle Creation, and Annabelle, but he has not directed uh, a notable horror film from my quick perusal of his IMDb page. So he's been a writer, though, on a lot of this stuff, so he's really familiar. You know, The Nun, Annabelle Creation, Annabelle, he's really wrapped up in this universe. And uh, we're starring Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, so we're getting Return of Ed and Lorraine Warren, which is always fun. That's the big draw with those universes, how well those two work together. Uh, at least for me, that's that's kind of my favorite part of the Conjuring universe is how well Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga uh, play together. Uh, story by James Wan. And yeah, the only description I'm finding is third film in the Annabelle franchise. <laughs> so not a whole lot of information to go off. Yeah, I would I would like to make the note that a lot of horror fans uh, kind of write all of these movies off because of their distaste for the real life at In the Rain Warren. Um considering them scam artists and all of that. Um, I kind of like to just put these movies in a vacuum and not necessarily focus on the real-life portrayals, so I can still enjoy it without focusing on that negative aspect. Um, but I did yeah. want to make that note because a lot of people do feel pretty strongly about it. There is a lot. Of, I mean, people essentially just view them as charlatans because, you, you know, they're essentially, you know, the, the, these characters in the movies are based off these two real people. Obviously, the movies are are fabricated, but the, the people are actual real people. And they, they claim to be these paranormal investigators and have these hundreds and hundreds of stories and artifacts. And, you know, <laughs> I'm of the opinion that. We certainly don't know everything about the world, but I don't. There's there's these people who claim to have understanding of a lot of you know paranormal or a lot of like kind of unexplainable phenomena, and I just I just don't buy like their level of understanding and knowledge. Just I don't think can possibly be ever correct. So <laughs> I try to be open minded, but it's just it's tough for me. I claim I have knowledge of anything unexplainable. <laughs> you claim you have knowledge. Yeah. Are talking about the walkie-talkie. Let's not get into it. <laughs> that's that's for a, another day. Okay, All so right. this this will be one I think uh, both of us will skip in theaters. Um, like we said earlier, or like I said earlier, um, it's it's a franchise that's been fleshed out pretty hard, and we've been burned a little bit in the past. And I don't think I de- necessarily want to spend eight to ten dollars just to. Go watch it in front of a big screen. So I, I think I'll see Conjuring three in theaters, but not this one. I would see Conjuring three in theater in theaters at least, based off how much I liked the first and second. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Can you imagine watching the second uh, that or the sequence with uh, Valak and Conjuring Two in theaters? I did see it in theaters. You did? Yeah. By yourself? No, I saw it on a Tinder date. <laughs> oh, weird! Weird first date. No, it was a second date. The first date oh. we watched Human Centipede Two. <laughs> oh, super weird! I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. Uh, that was that was a relationship destined to fail. Yeah, a little bit. Well, that's just a, that's a very aggressive start. <laughs> it wasn't even my choice. It was I was in over my head from the start. So, uh, all right, moving on. Uh, the next movie we've got coming in August second is The New Mutants, directed by Josh Boone, who worked on the Stan TV series as well as The Fault in Our Stars. Uh, it stars Anna Taylor Joy, Macy Williams, and Antonio Banderas which is a pretty big cast. And the yeah. uh, basic idea is that five young mutants just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will fight to escape their past sins and save themselves. So uh, this sounds pretty interesting. It sounds a bit like um, like the backstory behind Eleven and Stranger Things. Yeah, but, to me, this is Stranger Things meets X-Men. Which honestly sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. A lot. I think people are getting uh, pretty excited about it because it's like essentially X Men, but a horror horror film version of it. Like this, really creepy. So I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, and uh, I personally haven't seen Macy Williams outside of Game of Thrones. I know she's worked on other projects, but uh, I'll be interested was, to see how that goes. She was in that one. Uh, what was it called? Eye Boy, the superhero movie. I didn't see it, but it got really bad. Review, like reception but because the, the concept do you know the concept no enlighten me oh gosh so it's i boy a a guy like a kid a teenager is in an accident where his phone somehow gets like hit into his head and his phone essentially fuses with his brain and so he becomes like the powers of an iphone <laughs> oh, <laughs> more or less no. yeah so essentially it's like a technological superpower but he's called iBoy. Oh, gosh. It got really, really uh, hammered for how dumb the concept was. I never saw it, so maybe I shouldn't be talking so much trash about it. But I know the concept. Just I, I like, read about it, and I was like, ooh. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. No, I wish you wouldn't have made me aware <laughs> of that. That's the only thing I'm really familiar with, uh, Macy Williams, outside of Game of Thrones. Okay. So I just wanted to add that. And just just so our viewers are aware, this has nothing to do with the movie we just discussed. It was just a tangent brought upon by a sinister man who wanted to inform you of something <laughs> that you didn't need to be informed of. Yep, that's 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 how I do. <laughs> okay, moving forward, we have got so actually theater. Uh, I would maybe see this in theaters. It, I think this is time to think about it. This August is the kind second, of so. kind of movie that's like could be probably pretty action based, which makes it more exciting for a theater watch. So if I could go with the group, I would definitely consider it. Yeah, I think it'd be fun in a group for sure. Okay, moving forward, we have another one that I'm pretty excited for. It's called Midsummer, August 9th. It's going to be coming from director Ari Aster, who is uh, really splashed last year with uh, Hereditary. Obviously a great film from 2018. This is starring Florence Pugh, or Poog, I'm not sure how to pronounce that last name, and Will Poulter. Will Poulter getting some shine uh, recently from Black Mirror Bandersnatch as not the main character, but the developer who has uh, pretty goofy blonde hair and uh, 
he's he's really uh, I I loved him in that role. He's played other like you might know him from Where the Millers, so he's uh, been in a bunch of different stuff. So I'm uh, I like him as an actor. So I think him as a lead in this will be fun. Quick synopsis for this is the story follows a young couple visiting an isolated Swedish village. Over the course of their vacation, they discover that its residents participate in an eccentric set of seasonal traditions. The recent death of the main character's parents cast a sense of dread over the proceedings. And without getting too spoilerly, spoilery, I believe this is a bit of a cult type movie, so we'll see how that plays out. Definitely interested by this one. Uh, mostly, I mean, the director and Will Poulter, and I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good one. Sounds like The Wicker Man. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> the Although original. Pe- I never seen the original. I know people like the original, but I, uh, um, so I, I rewatched this the <laughs> Nick Cage version. Rewatched uh, two we years ago it. with my roommate because he had never seen it, and he he was aware of the lore of it being trash and he wanted to see for himself and he unironically liked it so well that sounds like him <laughs> okay um so this is one again a lot of time to decide but with with ari esther i mean hereditary was pretty darn solid i, I would definitely consider seeing this in theaters yeah i would as well i enjoyed hereditary in theaters so uh, i'm i'm a big fan of cult movies or movies like that so i would definitely check this one out cool all right we are moving on to scary stories to tell in the dark coming out august 9th uh, same day as midsummer directed by andre overdahl he is the creator and director of troll hunter and the autopsy of jane two which jane doe which are two fantastic movies in their own right Uh, it stars zoe margaret coletti and michael garza and the basic idea is that a group of kids face their fears in order to save their town And uh, it's based on a series of three children's horror books written by Alvin Schwartz in the 80s and 90s. Um, So this is a, I'm going to see this in theaters for sure. It's already got a ton of hype. And uh, I I think we've seen recently that there's a winning formula to horror if it's done right. And that formula is to get a good group of child actors and have them face something scary like we've seen in It and in Stranger Things. And in countless other movies. So uh, I'm I'm excited about this, and I think it's going to be one I definitely see in theaters. Uh, This is one I want. So we neither of us read these books when we were little, so I kind of regret that because I know they like you know kids really liked it. I know we had friends I think who who read it, but uh, this is one I might read the books actually. Even though I'm I'm 26 now, I might read the books. Uh, kind of in the summer and get excited for the movie because I definitely am excited too. Uh, like you were saying, the director is great, and uh, I'm excited by the just the idea of it. So I think I'll read the books to have a little more fun with it. Okay. Uh, all right. This brings us to one of my most anticipated movies of 2019. We have It Chapter Two coming out September 6th. This is coming from director Andy Muschietti, who worked on, obviously, It Chapter 1 and also Mama back in maybe 2012, 2011, somewhere around there. Uh, This is going to be, you know, synopsis. People are pretty familiar with It at this point. 27 years later, the Losers Club have grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call brings them back. 
So this is a 27 years later after It Chapter 1. All the kids are grown up. You got a really star-studded cast. Just James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, Bill Skarsgård reprising Pennywise, Bill Hader, who's going to be playing adult Richie. Uh, I'm really, really excited for this. I love Stephen King. I love It. It's one of, one of my favorite of his books, for sure. Uh, and I'm just excited to see where they go with this. I knew Jessica Chastain was signed on early. I was unaware of James McAvoy and Bill Hader. That makes me super excited. Yep, and they've got. I have to I'd have to look at the cast again, but I think some of the other adults are, are pretty big names too. So it's it's a really really star studded cast. You're also getting uh, some of the kids will reprise roles for like flashbacks. I know that uh, Finn Finn Wolfhard will be playing a little bit as a young Richie. They're going to be do, be doing flashbacks, I'm sure, mm-hmm. with all the main kids. So. Yeah, and this is a uh, this is a movie whose origins we both have a de- decent amount of history with. We've both read the book, and we've both seen the original TV series from the 1990s. Uh, enjoyed both the book more so than that, and we both uh, kind of fell in love with the new adaptation released in 2017. So yeah, we thought it did a great job. So this is exciting. this is this is my most anticipated film as well, and one I will guarantee see in theaters. And it comes out our birthday weekend. Yeah. So did you know what date September sixth is? What day of the week? Uh, it's probably that Thursday night. It comes out like Friday at midnight or Thursday. So yeah, we could maybe evening. actually see it on, if, if we want. If we could get people to go with on our birthday, that would be a pretty great birthday. For Saturday, Saturday morning movie club. Uh, it'd be so Sunday is the eighth. Oh, I'm is it? Checking right now. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah, that's very exciting. The next movie we've got is a movie that kind of has been in the talks since the original came out in 2009. Like, I feel like pretty much the second it was released, there was rumblings about doing a sequel. And that movie is coming out October 11th and is Zombieland Double Tap. Directed by Ruben Fleischer, who did the original Zombieland, as well as Venom and Gangster Squad. It stars the original four cast, Bill Murray and Rosario Dawson. Uh, it's, so the basic idea is that Columbus, Tallahassee, Wichita, and Little Rock, which is how they refer to all of the characters, uh, move to the American heartland as they face off against evolved zombies, fellow survivors, and the growing pains of the smart, snarky makeshift family. So... Not telling you a whole lot with that synopsis. But. It's not, but I th- feel like what it is telling us is that it's gonna make fun of um, The Walking Dead a little bit, and that makes me excited because The Walking Dead's garbage and is not <laughs> and is not a valid representation of where the horror jo- or the zombie genre is currently at. So, for anybody who's still watching The Walking Dead, I I I make this plea to you: a stop. B, um, watch watch better better programming. Watch Train to Busan. Watch Train to Busan. If you want, if you want, if you want a zombie fix, watch Train to Busan. Watch uh, Night of the Living Dead. Watch Twenty Eight Days Later. You know, there's a lot of stuff to choose from. See, read the comics. The comics are better than that. They show detracts greatly from it. And D, just evaluate what you're currently doing with your life and what got you to the point where you feel like you've needed to watch this show for the last eight years. Uh, so yeah, I, I was about to say apologies to our uh, <laughs> any Walking Dead fans out there, but I guess that's more of a wake up call. Eric feels very strongly about these uh, this Walking Dead show. So honestly, uh, I mean, I watched it. I forget how many seasons, but there was an episode where I had to turn my TV's brightness up 
all the way and it was still hard to follow. And it just made me so, so angry. I was already at the point <laughs> where I didn't like the show. And the fact that they would actively spit in my face by making an unwatchable product literally unwatchable. It's like they knew what they were doing. And it's just I don't see I I don't like being disrespected. And I really don't like being disrespected on purpose, which The Walking Dead <laughs> continued to do. And um, it deserves no money, no support. And it should have uh, died a slow death a long time ago. Whew. All right. <laughs> Walking Dead. Woof. Okay. So Zombieland, I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Really liked the first. I think it was a great, I mean, much more comedy than horror, but, you know, horror comedy. Uh, so I had a lot of fun with it. And I, this is one I would certainly consider seeing in theaters. Uh, I would say probably leaning towards over not. So, and the fact that Bill Murray's back means he's back as a zombie, which is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I was hoping they would do that. So that's that's great. And he's gonna. I think he'll. I mean, because he died dressed up like pretending. Well, spoilers. Eh, it's it's like ten years old. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not spoiling it. You know, he died dressed up as a zombie. So I heard. I read someone's like. Is he going to look even more like a zombie, <laughs> like the worst zombie because he died dressed up like a zombie? Oh, now that's he's great. A double zombie. Uh, so, yeah, this will, that'll be a fun one, I think. Okay, next on our list, we have Three from Hell coming out Halloween, October 31st by director Rob Zombie, who uh, is very much, I would say, a controversial figure in the horror community. A lot of people, you know, kind of either love him or you hate him. Uh, he's known for movies like The Devil's Rejects, uh, Halloween remakes, House of a Thousand Corpus- Corpses, and I think the only movie of his I've actually seen is 31, uh, which we watched together. Have you seen any of his others, Eric? Yeah, um, so I'm I'm not of the opinion that I hate him, but I understand he's not my cup of tea. Uh, I also tried The Devil's Rejects, and it's it's the same idea as 31, the same type of movie. It's, it's just hard for me to watch. Um, I don't know. It's just I've never really gotten that pull from his movies. It's it's uncomfortable in a weird way. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. I'm I understand there's a big big sect of people who like it. So kudos to you, but I will be passing. On yeah, this is just a, this is a direct sequel to The Devil's Reject, starring Danny Trejo and Clint Howard. And I probably will pass too. Like I said, he's not my favorite director. I've only seen one thing from him, and I. Didn't love it, so uh, not super interested. Uh, this next one uh, is one of my more anticipated movies, just based on the director. Um, it is Doctor Sleep, coming out November eighth, uh, directed by Mike Flanagan, who has just been on a tear recently. Really, oh yeah, he's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite horror directors right now. He directed Haunting of Hill House, a great Netflix show, Gerald's Game, Ouija: Origin of Evil, Hush, and Oculus. This movie stars Rebecca Ferguson, Ewan McGregor. And it's based on a, another Stephen King novel, which I think he actually discussed uh, discussed that it was coming out earlier. Yeah, I actually just read the book in December, so I'm uh, this is really fresh with me. And the basic idea is that years following the events of The Shining, a now adult Dan Torrance meets a young girl with similar powers as his and tries to protect her from a cult known as the True Knots, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. Uh, and just so you guys are aware, the power that Danny has is based on the name of the original movie called The Shining. He has The Shining powers. And uh, this movie, I, I'm not familiar with the book. 
and so I'm not too familiar with how this is going to play out, but I will definitely be interested in seeing this as a Stephen King fan, and I think this just sounds sounds very interesting. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about this. The book got slightly mixed reviews from King fans, mostly just because, like, I think some people were of the opinion, like, well, I we didn't really ask for an update on Danny Torrance, but I, I really enjoyed it. I think it was fun. Uh, and Stephen King essentially said, like, he got to thinking, like, I wonder what Danny Torrance is up to these days. And he started just jotting out, like, some thoughts. And then he kind of, like, got longer and longer. He's like, I think I could write a book about this. And then he wrote a pretty – it was a long book. I think it was 700, 800 pages. So hmm. it was a pretty lengthy book. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, this uh, – I think if they do it well, I think it'll be hard to do well. But if they do it well, I think it'll be really interesting and it would have some really – really creepy villains and i think it could be really cool so I, without spoiling anything about the plot of the book just I'm, I'm excited about it if they do it well yeah i think that's a good way to put it and i love ewan mcgregor as danny torrance that's that also gets me excited yeah when you said older he's kind of a lot older well so in the book well so without this isn't really a spoiler but danny torrance isn't crazy old in the book he's i think he's in his 40s but he's also been a pretty rough alcoholic for mm. like a lot of his life. And that's how the book opens. So I'm sure that's how the movie's going to open. So this really isn't a spoiler. So I think he he looks a lot more haggard than he really is. A little bit of Stephen King sinking into the character. Oh, yeah. He can't, it, it was tough to read sometimes because King is really... Uh, He's really on the nose with, with his references to, to drug abuse. Like, he can write it really well because he's been through it. <laughs> he, you know, if you didn't know about Stephen King, he's had huge issues in the past with uh, cocaine, alcohol. I, I'm sure other drugs, but those were the two big ones. And uh, he's he's not shy about talking about it. He's been, he's been really healthy for a long time now, but in his past 70s and 80s was just... You know, he would he would go on cocaine and drinking binges. He he doesn't even re- remember writing some of his books. Like he says, he doesn't remember writing Cujo. <laughs> or like I know, like Misery was like when he wrote Misery, he was pretty much just saying like, yeah, the whole book was really just fueled by cocaine. <laughs> it's like all right, so this will be an interesting one for me. Um, which I will see in theaters most likely because yeah, Mike Flanagan I love and a book I just read, so excited about it. Yeah, I think I would join you for that. Cool. Sorry, I took over that one a little bit. I was a bit excited for it. So. No, no worries. <laughs> okay, next on our list, we've got... Uh, this has no release date yet. It's uh, Jacob's Ladder. So this is a remake of the 1990 thriller starring Tim Robbins. It's coming from director David M. Rosenthal, which I either didn't find much on him or I forgot to list what he had done, so don't know what else he's been up to. Uh, brief synopsis after returning home from the Vietnam War, veteran Jacob Singer struggles to maintain his sanity. Plagued by hallucinations and flashbacks, Singer rapidly falls apart as the world and people around him morph and twist into disturbing images. This is one I did not see the original. I'm intrigued by it. I know, you know, the first one people liked pretty well. It got pretty good reception, so I'm I'm interested in this one. Probably not a theater goer for me, but. I'm interested. Yeah, honestly, this is one that's been on my list to watch for a while, and I think I'll make it my goal to watch this sometime in the next couple weeks. Um, Yeah, I don't know if this would be a theater watch for me either, especially since I'm not familiar with the original. Maybe if Mm -hmm. I fell in love with the original, it would be, but the plot sounds cool if it's done right, so who knows? Yeah, same. 
Alrighty. Uh, in the in the next movie we've got is another movie without a release date. It is In the Tall Grass, directed by Vincenzo, Vincenzo Natali, who uh, directed Cube, which is uh, kind of an underrated horror movie. It's a weird concept of being stuck in this elevated set of cubes, and but it's it's just one of those good movies where group dynamics take over. Kind of like saw. It's like it's a little bit like Saw Two. If you just focused on people being trapped and having to figure out these like, like almost riddles or puzzles. Yes, it's a it's a better Saw Two in my opinion. Yes, I agree. And then he's also worked on uh, several TV series: Westworld, Hannibal, and American Gods, which is a pretty interesting range. Um, oh yeah, a lot. I mean, those shows are all. Uh, I'd say really good in their own right. American Gods is super weird, but <laughs> I would also say good. And speaking of American Gods, really quick tangent, it doesn't seem like their season two is getting picked up easily, if at all, which is a little no, disappointing. Their first season would have ended in the summer of 27. No, yeah, 2017 at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's been uh, two years. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see. We're going to see that for sure. And as a growing trend, this is based on a book by Stephen King, and it stars Patrick Year Wilson. King. Years of King, really. Yeah, so this is a book that he worked on with his son, Joe Hill. That's uh, Joe Hill goes by Joe Hill, so he doesn't have the King name to kind of have people expect things from him. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, so yeah, collaboration with his son. I'm excited for this. I haven't read the... I think it's more of a novella. I don't think it's super long. So I'm probably going to read this one and then in preparation for this. But yeah, starring Patrick Wilson, director I'm excited about, and a King novel. Heck yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, time will tell if this will be a theater watch for me, but it sounds like it could be could be interesting at the very least. Is Patrick Wilson like slowly becoming this decade's like most decorated horror actor? <laughs> I mean, like, kind he's, of. You're... He's up there. You know, The, the Conjuring... The in, Insidious, the the Last Exorcism. I mean, all the Conjuring movies. He, he's been in a lot, and he's done really well with it. Yeah, he really he play he plays the characters. He plays really well. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so last but not least, we have Little Monsters. This is another one that debuted at um, Sundance just recently, uh, um, and. This is from director Abe Forsyth, who worked on Down Under. So this is an Australian movie. It's a horror comedy starring Lupita Nyong'o and Josh Gad. And this one sounds really fun. It's a zombie horror comedy in the brief synopsis. Is a washed-up musician teams up with a teacher and a kids' show personality to protect, protect young children from a sudden outbreak of zombies. And so I think the idea here is, like, there's essentially at, like, a... A children's concert by like one of those kind of adult performers and there's like a zombie invasion and they have to deal with it so i think it sounds like a lot of fun and i heard pretty good things from it from sundance so i'm excited for this one yeah we are we're both the kind of people who can enjoy horror comedy um some people get a little nitpicky about it but i don't know and it, it's as long as it's done well it's definitely a fun fun distraction or a fun look into the genre itself um Unfortunately, this most likely will not get a theatrical release uh, due to being probably a smaller uh, foreign low-budget Sundance film. But with that being said, I think it's probably going to be worth a watch when it does come out in America. Yeah, we'll have to look out for that, but I'm uh, I'm excited for it. So it sounds it sounds like a a mix of Shaun of the Dead and like Andy Dwyer. 
Rock's character from Parks and Rec. His yeah, that's what I was Johnny thinking. Karate. Or I was thinking uh, Freddy Spaghetti, but okay, uh, yeah, either of those work. Idea. Oh, yeah, Freddy Spaghetti is, would be great. Yeah, I, I heard someone describe this as, or someone who watched this at Sundance said they liked it um, a little bit more than Zombieland and a little bit less of Shaun of the Dead. And oh, they liked all those movies. That's so. a glowing recommendation. Yeah. So, interested. And a lot of these movies we're excited for. It's a, it looks like another good year of horror ahead of us, and we're continuing to live in a golden age, hopefully if these movies deliver. And uh, we, we certainly missed some movies that will probably end up being uh, top ten films of the year just as oh, yeah, things sure. get announced and things get discussed more. So just keep keep your, your uh, ears, to the, ears to the ground and eyes forward and looking out for things. But uh, the ones we've, we've tried to break down for you – should be either exciting, worth watching, or some of them not Curse of Chucky or Chucky Child's Play. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is just a good good exercise here to get us amped up for the year. We had another successful 2018 as horror fans, and hopefully, and it's looking like it that 2019 will continue on that trend. That's the hope. That's the hope. All right. Well, thanks for joining me for this uh, preview episode, Eric. I had a good time and I uh, I learned a lot, you know, previewing some of these movies that I hadn't heard of and looking at what's coming forward. And it got me excited. So I hope uh, hope you can share that excitement a little bit. I definitely can. 2019. Here we come. Thanks for tuning in to the Jumping Scared Podcast. Have any questions, comments, just want to share your horror movie opinions with us? Feel free to reach us at Jumping Scared Podcast on Twitter or by email, jumpingscared at gmail.com. See you next episode.